So this is a familiar passage. I'm sure many of you have heard it before. You've seen the, the decorations on people's lawns. You've seen them in your house, maybe. The story of the wise men who came uh, bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, and uh, probably the part you had not focused on, I don't know. I'm reading your minds. But I'm guessing you probably didn't pay much attention to verse 12, where it talks about returning by another road. I had never paid much attention to that myself. Um, I, my, my attention was drawn to it this fall, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But, but it is a, it is a um, familiar story. We know kind of the, the broad outline. There were these uh, magi who came to, to Jerusalem looking for the king of the, the Jews, um, and uh, they, they went naturally first to Herod, the, the, who was the, the sitting king of the Jews, and said, where is this new king of the Jews? And Herod was afraid. Um, Herod was a bad man. And he was always afraid that somebody was going to try to become king of the Jews. Um, he killed two of his own sons and one of his wives because he was concerned that they were plotting to become the king of the Jews. Herod was a bad man, so when he heard this, he was not happy. And so he said, well, by all means, find out who this person is, and then I will go pay my respects to him. So he sends the the, the wise men on their way, and uh, they uh, they go following this star. It's actually not clear from the text, have they seen the star this whole time? Uh, There's something, um, the way that Matthew writes the story, he says that they had seen the star at its rising, but then they no longer have anything to follow, so they go to Jerusalem and say, so where is is this king? We saw this king, Um, we, we are magi, we interpret the events of the sky to make sense of it here on earth, so we know there's a king of of uh, the Jews that's been born. We just don't know where he is. So I'm not clear. The text isn't clear. Has the star kind of disappeared for a while? Um, what's what's going on with the star? Uh, and this is the kind of thing we we can wonder about. Was it a star? Was it a planet? Was it a planetary conjunction? Was it an was it a comet? Uh, the, Matthew really doesn't care about those details. His concern is that these these wise men come to pay homage to Jesus. So they, they get there and um, uh, they, they talk to Herod and then they leave again. And after they leave, it says that then the star, um, uh, which they had seen at its rising, and maybe it's it's been all along, but maybe it has been away and now it's back again. Um, and they see it and it stops over the place where the child was. And then they saw the star had stopped and they were overwhelmed with joy. And they entered the house, they... They saw kind of the object of their journey. They uh, knelt and paid him homage, and then they gave him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So it's it's kind of a familiar story. And if you're like me, you never paid much attention to that last verse. The the first time I really paid any attention to the last verse was last fall. We had a um, study here called A Different Kind of Christmas, and it was based on a book by Mike Slaughter. Mike Slaughter's a pastor in Ohio. And he had written a book uh, some time ago called Christmas is Not Your Birthday. And the idea is that, is that if you're a Christian, you should be countercultural. That, that the way you should celebrate Christmas is kind of more like the way these kings did by giving gifts to God and not accepting gifts on his behalf. So that's kind of the idea that of, of the book. But in the course of it, he says, he says this thing that the, the wise men left by a different road. He says that that is the countercultural note in this story, that, that it is not the bringing gifts. Anyone would bring gifts to a king. What is the countercultural note is that an encounter 
with Christ sends us down a different path. And I think that that's a story that, that extends, that, that's an observation really that extends far beyond Christmas. It's something that we can ask ourselves about, um, about any time of year, uh, not just at Christmas. Because I think if you, if you look at your life, you may find that as a, as a follower of Christ, you're really not that different from the people around you. The road you're traveling is pretty much the same road that everyone else travels. Um, I have uh, some stats. Uh, so I know people always light up when I have stats in, in a message. So, Oh, good. I was hoping that we'd get some statistics today. But let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, Philip Yancey, in, in his book Vanishing Grace, he says this. He says, uh, people gave a, a, a poll to some college students. So these are college students who are not themselves uh, uh, Christians. And he said that they polled them, write the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word Christianity. And the most common answer in this survey was people who don't practice what they preach. And, you know, the idea there is uh, Christians know the road that they should be on, but they're not on it. They're traveling on kind of the same road that everybody else is on. So they talk about this road over here, but when you look at them, they tend to travel down that road. George Barna has done surveys and shown that that's largely the case. And there's there's problems with surveys. I'll talk about them in a minute. But there's some kind of alarming things to think about. If Christians are really walking a different road, if our encounter with Christ has changed the road we're on, then we should see that. And in in a lot of ways, we don't. So George Barna, he surveys religion in America, and he, he looked at the rate of Christians in divorce. He saw that Christians are divorced about 32, 33% of the time, and uh, that compares with atheists and agnostics who are divorced about 30% of the time. And uh, if you dig into the details, it's uh, attributed to the idea that Christians get married slightly more than, than um, atheists, so they would then have a more opportunity to get divorced. But but that's one example where if Christians are walking on the same road as everybody else, their their divorce rate might be pretty similar. And in fact, it is pretty similar. Have, have Christians been to a community meeting to discuss a local issue? For Christians, the answer is 37%. For non-Christians, the answer is 42%. Have Christians donated money to a homeless person or a poor person during the year. Well, Christians actually, this is an area where Christians are different. Christians have donated, uh, 24% of Christians have uh, donated to a homeless or poor person in the last year. 34% of non-Christians have. And as a Christian, you start thinking of reasons why that might be. You say, well, you know, the reason I don't donate to poor people is because I don't want to enable dysfunctional behavior. So I donate to to uh, church ministries and, and uh, community groups that, that work with people who are poor, and that's a safer way to do it. Well, maybe, but uh, have you donated money to a nonprofit in the past month? Christians, 47%. Non-Christians, 48%. So there's all these indicators that say, well, you know, surveys have problems, but but still, um, are Christians walking a different road? Uh, have you bought a lottery ticket? Christians, 23%. Non-Christians, 27%. Do you have debt in your life that makes it impossible for you to get ahead? Christians 33%, non-Christians 39%. So they're, they're provocative numbers. And, and the, the nature of a survey is it tells you where you are. 
It doesn't talk about where you're going. So if you got yourself into a big mess and then you found Jesus and you've been going in a different direction, you may still have a lot of mess in your life. So, and a survey would, wouldn't be able to pick that up. But it's enough to make you wonder, are Christians walking a different road? Has our encounter with Christ changed the road that we're going down? And I think we have to ask ourselves, is that the case? Are we traveling a different road than non-Christians? I'm hoping for one of two objections. There's one of the, the, the second objection I'll come to, but the first objection, the objection I'd love to hear is people say, well, what is this encounter with Christ you're talking about? Because that really is at the core of who we are. Our mission as a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's kind of been the way the church has seen itself for, for, for a long time. And so if our, if our role as a church, as a community of faith, is to make disciples, uh, that has to begin with an encounter. So our, our role as a church, the beginning of our mission, is to arrange those encounters, to help people encounter Christ in, in, in us and in the things we're doing in the world. Our role is to help people encounter Jesus. So if you haven't encountered Jesus, that's not your problem. That's really our problem. And so um, I hope that you will stick around and help us to help you encounter Jesus. That's the, that's the good, that's the good objection. The, the weaker objection is that I don't have a star. You know, uh, you know, I would cheerfully walk down that other road that other people, uh, that, that, that other people don't walk down except I don't have a star guiding me. It was easy for the wise men because they had a star. Well, that's true. I don't have a star either and I don't have dreams where God talks to me. But, I do have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit isn't a one-time thing. I heard a talk once by by um, Francis Chan. He's a pastor, or was a pastor at the time, in um, Southern California. In Alaska, we have four highways, I guess, right? Is that right? Four? So they have more in Southern California. And so people are more likely to own um, GPSs in, in uh, California. And he was talking about, there's this phenomenon where he misses his exit. He's supposed to turn here to get on the other highway, and he misses his exit. And his model of um, GPS says, <clears throat> recalculating. <laughs> and, and, and I love that image of the Holy Spirit, is that, is that we don't just have one star and then it blinks out, and then good luck, hope you can find Herod who can put you back on the right course. We have a Holy Spirit who is recalculating. And when we miss the turn, then the Spirit sends us down the next exit, and eventually we get turned around and back on the road we want to. So I think the question we can say to ourselves is, okay, well, it's true. I missed these opportunities in the past, but the Holy Spirit can recalculate our route and put us back on the right path. So those are kind of the objections that I could think of as I as I was thinking, why are we not on the right road sometimes? Why Why is our road so similar to the road that so many other people are on? And I think ultimately the reason is because we're anxious. Road, different roads make us anxious. And there's a reason for that. You know, probably Jesus' most famous parable, um, certainly one of the best loved parables of Jesus, is the story of the Good Samaritan. And you know how that story begins. He says, a man was going down to Jericho and he was set upon by bandits. And he was robbed and left for dead. Roads can be dangerous. So one of the things 
that the church does is to offer a community. When people are starting new things, when they're saying, you know, I feel like the Spirit is calling me down this this path that I'm not comfortable, I haven't been down that path before, is to say, like the Magi, I'm not traveling alone. I'm not taking this strange route by myself. I've got some traveling companions who are going to be with me, who are going to encourage me, and when I feel a little anxious, they're going to support me along the way. So so uh, roads can be dangerous, but we are called to be part of a community that, that supports one another. But that's the downside. The upside is that roads can be so so wonderful. When when I I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Cars. Um, they probably all left. Okay, some of you are here. Okay, so I should I should uh, there they are. Okay, all right, they're they're popping up. Okay, it's not just the kids. Um, uh, but this has been my experience too. When when we've traveled across country, we've pretty much gone on the interstates, right? It's so easy. You can go from Florida to Seattle, and it all pretty much looks the same. They've got the same McDonald's, the same you know. Uh, Taco Bell's at every, you know, interchange. You can, you can find a place to eat. You can find a place to go to the bathroom and you cross the entire country and it's bland but predictable and fast. And that's the reality of the interstate system. And that's what the movie Cars kind of calls out is that when, when the, the interstates came in, uh, we all started taking the same road and it has its advantages. You know, I'm not criticizing. Uh, we've done it ourselves, but those aren't the, the, the holidays I remember. I remember the times when we got off the interstate and we went to a strange little hotel and kind of got the creeps or, or whatever it was, or a restaurant where we weren't sure it was edible. And, you know, that, that, those are the, those are the experiences that we remember when we went off the road. And maybe it was a little dangerous, maybe a little, little, uh, maybe not dangerous, but it just because it wasn't what we were expecting. But it gave us more flavor. It was more of an adventure. And so, my my new year's message to you my my reflection on epiphany is to think about the road you're traveling is it the same road you'd be traveling anyway or has your encounter with christ sent you down a different road if it hasn't is it because you're anxious because the role of the church is to support you and encourage you and my hope is a, as a church we can support one another as we go down these other paths but I think more than anything else is to encourage you with the thought that if you get off the road, you're on. If you get off that interstate and tool around in the back roads and try something different, try one of those roads the Spirit is prompting you to, to travel down, you can have an adventure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the, for the story of the wise men. We can, we can unravel it all day long. We can talk about kings and camels and gifts and Herod. We can talk about all these things, Lord. But even even when we look at the story at its very end, we, we see this one line about them going back by a different road. We can be inspired. We know that they traveled across a great distance. They did not have GPS. It would have been so easy for them to say, we better stick to the common road. There's bandits. But they had courage and they went back by a different route. Lord, give us that same kind of courage. Help us to to speak up when we are anxious. Help us to, to seek people who will support us and encourage us. And Lord, we pray that as we follow the road you're calling us down, that you will give us the adventure of a lifetime. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.